Hello and welcome to another episode of Between the Bites. My name's Derek here with Executech and I'm joined today by James Fair. James, how's it going this morning? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Derek. How about you, man? I'm doing great. Excellent. In today's episode, we're going to go through another of our new shotgun approaches. We've got a couple of major headlines that we want to cover, all of it in the cybersecurity realm. And it looks like, you know, the supply chain and (laughs) chip manufacturers don't have enough to deal with with all of these other issues. Apparently, they also need cyber attacks. So we will start with the first article, which is NVIDIA. And this one is a little bit less concrete. It still feels like there's some evidence, but it's also a rumor and no one is quite sure what the extent looks like, but they may have some issues with a cyber attack. Do you want to jump into what your thoughts are on this one, James? Yeah, sure. I mean, right now everyone's a little jumpy, right? Because Ukraine's getting hit. So everything is like, wow, it's suspected to be Russian. I did some digging into this one. There were other sources who claimed it appears not to be coming from Russia, although it's still, you know, early on to be able to tell. But yeah, I do worry that right now we're going to think everything is a Russian-based attack. And that's not to say it isn't. It certainly could be. Um, But I do wonder if we're just going to be likely to jump to that conclusion automatically. That being said, NVIDIA is one of the largest chip manufacturers in the world, right? They're worth like $600 billion dollars. They're part mm-hmm. of the core infrastructure here in the United States, and they would certainly be a prime target to hit if we wanted to shake things up in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, it's interesting to see, and and on the lines of the core infrastructure, uh, there are some thoughts I have, but we'll we'll wait on our last article for that one. Okay. Yeah, I get the impression that there's a lot of gray area. And it could be, you know, NVIDIA is just trying to prevent hysteria or too much going on. So it sounds like they've actually kept this. I don't want to say hushed. That feels so dirty and and nefarious, (laughs) like they're doing doing something wrong, which I don't think they necessarily are by any means. But they have. They've kind of kept a lid on it fairly well so that they can just deal with the issue and not have to be distracted by the PR stuff is kind of yeah, the feeling I, I think if you're publicly traded, you also want to be careful about, you know, how much you broadcast <laughs> and their shares are already down quite a bit from all the, the struggles they've had with, you know, but in, in fact, the value of them went up despite this incident, but there was a group lapses dollar sign, I guess is the name of the ransomware group that they claimed they were responsible for it. Mm-hmm. And that's not a Russian state attacking group. So if that's true, then it appears not to be related to the, to the cyber attacks going on in the Ukraine right now. Yeah. And I think the name alone shows that it can't be Russian. That that name's terrible. <laughs> Russians are so much, so much more uh, nefarious, like Revil yeah, or Re-Evil or however yeah, you say that. Exactly. So much more dark sounding. This one sounds like their cat jumped on the keyboard when they were entering the name of their criminal organization. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not a U.S. based comp- uh, attackers. Yeah. Agreed. No. <laughs> All right. Well, On to the next one, because, yeah, this one only has so much information. The next one, Toyota shuts down Japanese factories after a reported cyber attack. Now, this one has a little bit more detail as to what's going on and a lot more, at least, talk about this being tied to Russia because Japan has publicly supported the sanctions and everything like that that the rest of the world basically has levied against Russia. Yeah. They have, you know, announced that they're sending $100 million to aid Ukraine. And I believe they were preventing access to a couple of things. They were they were in support of, of blocking SWIFT. Uh, that has not happened yet. That was something that they did not impose in their sanction list. And uh, that was a little heavy-handed, they felt. But 
they are in favor yep. of blocking SWIFT as well, which, you know, that's how we all transfer money around if you want to go cross border right now outside of crypto, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Toyota, again, the car manufacturing industry has been struggling enough with supply chain issues. So for something like this, and specifically it was targeted to some of their vendors and suppliers of specific plastic pieces and things like that, that was just enough to still halt a number of production lines yeah, in Japan. Like them, 14 factories and 28 assembly lines. Yeah. So again, another huge hit to an industry that absolutely could have gone without, without another huge issue. Any other thoughts on this one? To be clear, it, it, they say it isn't Toyota themselves. It was Kojima Industries, which was a, a supplier for them. But yeah, they're they're not on. They've targeted nine million vehicles, and that's not going to happen between the ship chip shortage, rather, and what's going on with the ransomware. But yeah, it, you know, the attack is the timing's really good on this one, right? They decide to jump on the bandwagon with their Western allies, and all of a sudden, one of their major manufacturers. I think it's the largest car manufacturer in the world suddenly gets hit with ransomware. So yeah, that the timing is good. That doesn't mean it was Russians directly from Russia, but it could be Russian sponsored. It could be, there's a lot of ransomware gangs who are claiming that they're going to side with Russia in all of this. So they could be launching those attacks much like, uh, was it anonymous that kind of got on board with the whole thing against Russia as well? Yep. So yeah, this is this is not a pretty time right now. Not only is this going on in in the physical world, but we've got this cyber world full of warfare, and it's it's hard to trace. It's hard to track, and anybody could say anybody did it, you know. And, and there's certainly ways to to attribute it to certain attack vectors or where it's coming from, but it's still very you know under the covers. We don't know what's happening. And who knows the extent of it, right? Because not all of us are quite so open about it as Toyota was or NVIDIA was. In fact, you know, NVIDIA is kind of an example of not being fully disclosing about what transpired and where it came from and those kind of things and what it impacted. So you have to wonder how much is going on out there that we're not aware of. Yeah, I don't know how far down the, <laughs> the rabbit hole we want to get on this conversation, <laughs> but but it's it's a little scary right now, this going on. Yeah. You know, Russia's a, a known haven for cyber criminals, attackers, and there are, of course, Russian state-sponsored attackers as well. So this could get very ugly very quickly outside of the, the physical tanks and, you know, men and all this being deployed over in the Ukraine. We've got a whole lot of other stuff going on behind the scenes that is pretty scary. As much as the U.S. has been targeted and the infrastructure has been targeted, this could get pretty ugly pretty quickly. Yeah. I have some concerns about that for sure. And that kind of leads into that last article of, you know, people talking about cyber war, uh, Russia and Ukraine, and what's that, what that's going to look like and where the U.S. says we stand and everything. And, you know, we've made it clear that Russia attacking Ukraine on the cyber front isn't going to spark cyber attacks from the U.S. in retaliation. But if the U.S. starts to be attacked from Russia, then we we are, Biden says we're ready for things like that. Now, in the article, what's kind of interesting and interesting thought was they mentioned, you know, in 50 years, when all of these CIA documents and what's going on for real gets declassified, then we'll be able to know the true extent because historically, the U.S. is very good at being secretive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that is kind of interesting to know exactly what's going on because physical things like financial support, armed support and everything like that. In the past, U.S. has done a pretty good job at even somewhat managing to keep that kind of stuff secret. When it comes to a cyber attack, it's very easy to put a complete lid on it. 
So it sounds like we're ready. And I think one of the biggest things, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, is what organizations need to realize is the U.S. is confident in their defense capabilities when it comes to cyber attacks. That is on the governmental side. They're ready. What the concern is, is that if Russia starts to attack through cybersecurity means, it'll look more like it has in the past, which is solar winds, the colonial pipeline. It'll be private organizations that still affect the infrastructure. So it's not like they're trying to break into the Pentagon's servers or whatever their right. approach would be there. It's private organizations that are, from what it sounds most people think, are at the biggest risk. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even the fact that the U.S. government is coming out and saying that we're prepared, you know, to counterattack or we're prepared against these kind of things. I have to wonder to what extent I've, you know, we have a lot of exposure at Executech, not to necessarily government entities. We don't work with them directly in most cases, but municipalities we do. And I, I have to question just how prepared we really are. If there was a if this gets ugly and it's starting to feel like it, I hope it doesn't, certainly. I hope this can de-escalate. But with all the pressures that are being put on Putin, I, I do worry he's being backed into a corner where this will be his only recourse is to start attacking in multiple ways. And this is certainly one of them. And if this turns into all-out warfare in, in the cyberspace, it could get really ugly really fast. And I don't know that we're as prepared as we say we are, you know, uh, Russian state or any country, uh, if it's a funded organization whose job it is to hack people, well, you can do some damage. And, and there's so many different ways to get through if you're really determined to do so that, yeah, not, not just the government organizations, but like you said, the solar winds, uh, the colonial pipeline, those are just attacks that we know of. How many attacks happened that we still aren't aware of? Or how many other infrastructure, you know, critical places are currently exposed or vulnerable that could then be leveraged should this escalate even further. Yep. So yeah, I'd really, I really hope this does not continue. In fact, there was a release of information about the ransomware launched against the Ukraine and they gave it a name, Whispergate. So a brand new piece of malware was launched in the attack on Ukraine that to date, none of the security organizations had seen before. So how many others of those are waiting in the wings to be leveraged that because we don't have signatures for, we're not familiar with, could be could be pretty detrimental. We do work with infrastructure companies, power companies, those kind of things. And while the world and certainly the United States has made a lot of inroads to being more secure, I don't know that I would stand here today and say, oh yeah, we're safe against ransomware or cyber attacks. If that were true, there wouldn't be so many successful ransomware attacks going on every day right now. We wouldn't see them in the news from huge companies. If if NVIDIA and Toyota are getting shut down, yeah. then maybe some core infrastructure in government is secure, but so many places around them are not. And the supplier, just like Toyota didn't get hit, but one of their suppliers did, and that crippled Toyota. So you can cripple a government or an organization not by directly attacking them. So yeah, this is pretty concerning. I, I certainly hope this de-escalates quickly or that we give this man a way to get out and save some face. And I don't want to get necessarily political here, but man, this could really be ugly. There are just too many ransomware attackers that reside in Russia who've said, yeah, we're going to we're gonna side with Russia in this. They've, they've given us, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know their reasoning, maybe because they gave them a home, they're going to be fighting with them. But yeah, let, let alone the, the actual human toll there could be far more in the terms of, you know, when Toyota went down, people were sent home from work. So what's going to be the toll if this continues in terms of people's jobs and people's work? 
Yep. Yeah, it's just like any other arms race is you think you're secure and, until you realize you're not. So yeah, it's nice to hear, but as far as organizations go, just because the United States government says that they're prepared, that doesn't mean you should feel secure Yeah, if you don't have your own protections in place. It's the equivalent to saying, you know, my neighbor locks up his house really well, so I'm safe from, <laughs> from getting robbed. It doesn't right. work like that. You have to have your own security in place. And yeah, I'm, I'm not big into the fear mongering or anything like that. But what fascinates me is if you take the names out and the dates, you have one country invading another and the rest of the world basically is very against it. They do it anyways. So we sanction them and back them into a corner. Am I talking about Russia or am I talking about the outbreak of the Pacific War? Right. <laughs> and Japan. It's eerie how similar it is. Not to fear monger. I'm just a huge World War II <laughs> and World War I history buff. But it is uncanny how similar that outbreak looks. And Absolutely. We back somebody into a corner and then also somehow manage to back ourselves into a corner and can't back down to show weakness. And then you get countries that end up feeling like they have to go to war when neither of them want to. Just to save, yeah, just to save face, you know, that's what it's all about. It becomes yeah. like I've got a posture <laughs> and I stood up and said, we're going to do this. And now I have to do this, even though it may not be in the best interest of everyone involved. Yep. Hooray for people's egos. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what this comes down to, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It comes down to, yeah. Yeah, it really does. It's insane. I read this article yesterday about, and you know, you can find whatever you want on the news. So let me wax political. I mean, this is just simply my point of view for a moment, but how the particular author of this article viewed Putin as kind of like a, a crime boss. You know, he's in charge and, and no one can say anything about it. And once, yeah, once you say, all right, I'm going to do this really doesn't matter what goes on around you. You're like, well, I said I was going to do this. And if I don't, then I'm going to appear weak. So now I have to keep doing this. Yep. And yeah, that's scary. Yeah. And there is that video that's been going around. I don't know if you see it of one of his, the problem is with social media. Like you said, you can find an article for any position on any topic whatsoever. Right. But ultimately one of the heads of, I don't know, let's just to keep it simple. Some spy network for Putin is reporting to Putin himself in this public meeting house. And he suggests accepting Ukraine's independence and, you know, kind of backing off from it. And Putin just bullies him. And it's kind of crazy to see just what it is. And, and it looks exactly like that as a crime boss. And they're all sitting at a, you know, the old school yeah. mafia movies where they're all sitting at a table. Right. That's the vibe you get. It's an interesting video. You have to take it with a grain of salt. The full video is only, what, two minutes long or so. And there's already 30 second or 60 second sound brights to make it sound even worse than it is. We won't get into it, but that's the danger of social media in, in times like this is it's very easy to twist things, but it is an interesting video at the very least to see. It's pretty easy to find. It's been going around quite a bit. Yeah, I, I agree. Unfortunately, you know, news organizations don't get paid if people don't watch their stuff. So they tend to hype things you know, to get eyes on as, as they call it. And so, yeah, be careful what you read out there. And, and again, I'll just, from a personal perspective here, I, I have friends in, in Eastern Bloc countries and many of them have expressed that just because Russia is invading Ukraine doesn't mean the Russian people are behind the invasion of, of Ukraine. Yes. Uh, we tend to, all of us, you know, I'm sure the U.S. gets looked at as when past presidents have done things we didn't agree with, that the entire country was behind it. And that's certainly not the case, nor I believe is it the case here with Russia. I think there are many Russian people who have not, there's been protests and supposedly videos of protesters being arrested, you know, for being against this. 
But when you're led in an organization like the Russian government is, then you don't get to speak out against that. There's one person who decides and that's what happens. So I just do want to be careful that we're not blaming all of Russia and Russia's people for an event that can be and probably is led by a few individuals in the government. Yeah. And I think that is actually one area that social media and the internet in general can help and has helped is, you know, the communist nations like Russia can censor, but not perfectly. So again, to, because I have to go to World War II, part of what made that war in the Pacific so brutal is Japan was able to completely isolate their population and spread rumors about the U.S. And, you know, the biggest one being that to be a United States Marine, your last rite of passage was to murder a family member. Wow. So the Japanese population, civilians and soldiers alike, were terrified of us. That's why they never surrendered ever, ever is things like that. We had the same thing. And, and again, this is a, a, this is a, I'll preface this with, this is a phrase of the time. So it is, it is very racist because it turned into a race war, but it was called the yellow fever. Mm. Oh. It's the United States, we were terrified of the Japanese race. And again, a lot of it was our own propaganda. And because there was no social media or anything like that connecting, you absolutely knew nothing about the Japanese people and they knew nothing about United States people except what their, our respective governments told us. That is the one positive thing about social media is we don't, you can't, no matter how hard you try, you can't get perfect isolation from that world or each other's worlds rather. So that is good to see is you're exactly right. It's not Russia as a whole and it's important to see that way. There are human beings on both sides that are being affected by this. Now what's kind of interesting is and this is strictly speculation and conspiracy theory is what kinds of things the United States could do if we wanted to, if provoked when it comes to cyber attacks. People have mentioned shutting down power grids, shutting off fresh water. Do you have any thoughts on what you think the United States could do if poked? I, it's hard for me to even guess because there's been very little evidence. You know, as you mentioned, the U.S. is very good at keeping things secretive. At, at least to its own people, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's some, there's some evidence in the past, like well, it was called Stuxnet. It was a virus for the Iran's nuclear program, although it's never been admitted to by the United States or Israel. Supposedly it was came from those two countries. So there's certainly evidence that we have done this in the past, but it's, again, at least to, to us, the, the civilian, the citizens here in the U.S., very little in, information. So. But I would imagine it's the same as everything else going on out there, right? Ransomware attacks are pretty ubiquitous, regardless of where they're coming from. Yep. You can invent some new malware, such as this Whispergate that's been launched now. So I suspect it'll be things like that. And it won't necessarily be direct attacks, although we saw Anonymous do a DDoS attack on Russian news agency. So direct attacks are certainly possible, but also exploiting the supply chain is enough to disrupt anything. So again... Like this can go both ways. If we do it, they're going to do it. If they do it, we're going to do it. And if either one starts and then one goes, it's going to be worse. And I just don't see this ending well if this thing escalates to where we're not only attacking each other physically, but now we're doing it. That didn't exist in World War II that I'm aware of. The propaganda certainly did. But cyber attacks where you can cripple companies and organizations and countries even through the internet. Yeah. That that wasn't a thing back in World War II and it is now. So <laughs> and we both have, you know, amazing coders and hackers and 
you know, we saw Russia take down, at least in the press, they took down a bunch of Revol members. There's some discussion about whether that was just put on for our benefit to try to appease things. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me if either country, ours or theirs or Russia, hires those people, right? Like, okay, do you yeah. want to go to jail or do you want to come work for us? And you know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> some of the best out there. Yeah, again, that could just get, and I hate to keep using the same word, but it gets really ugly really fast, man. Yeah, it does. And I think that's one thing. And again, just to beat a dead horse is the level of confidence that borders on arrogance with historically the United States has in our strength and invulnerability that's come to bite us in every single war is don't underestimate the motivation of other countries if we are starting to fight with them. If you have a hacker who's sitting at their computer or whatever, and Putin himself is standing over that person's shoulder saying, you need to find a way to do X, Y, and Z to the United States. It doesn't matter what the hacker's beliefs are. He's, he's going to make sure he gets that done. <laughs> you need to realize that on a personal level, they will, you know, not sleep. If it were me, I wouldn't sleep for 36 hours. I'd make sure that I made Putin happy with yeah. <laughs> by any means necessary because I don't yeah. want to know what he can do. Right. This is, this is like family. crime boss mentality where it's not just you, you're worried about, but your whole family, I, right? So, I'm yeah. not disappointing him. So right. yeah, you got to <laughs> never forget the motivation of people on that other side and make sure that you are protected to the best of your ability. Yeah. There is no one solution or perfect solution, but things as simple as MFA can actually make a pretty big difference. If you do, if you have people looking to poke and prod and attack, they're going to look for the easiest vulnerabilities first. It's as simple as that. You know, if you're trying to rob a house in a specific neighborhood, the first thing you're going to do is check their front door, check their cars. Are they locked and do they have cameras? You'll go to the one first. If they're all locked and have cameras, then you'll go to the next weakest vulnerability. Yep. So make sure that you're protected in all this. MFA, here we go again. That's right. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> that was another little article that I saw is Google without asking, basically, and honestly, I think they're right for doing this, signed another, was it like one and a half million accounts yeah. for multi-factor authentication or verification? I think it. they called mm -hmm. it different. Forced them right into it. And Google said, we're going to keep on going, which I completely agree with. So a whole lot, very interesting. And I think we've done a pretty good job at not fear-mongering or getting way too into the weeds on any of these topics because it would be very easy. For me, if it was a World War II podcast, I'm pretty sure I could fill a solid 20, 20 hours <laughs> on just the war in the Pacific. Nice. <laughs> I think we, we did all right. Do you have any other final thoughts on what's in the news or any other news sound bites you've heard in the past week or so? No, I didn't. You know, when you asked me the question about what the U.S. could launch, I remember I read a, an article that said that Biden had talked about some very strong language he had used about uh, what we were prepared to do. You know, the consequences would be huge, that kind of thing. And But then the press secretary turned around and said, uh, that's not really in the plan right now. So <laughs> I appreciate that there are cooler heads, some cooler heads prevailing. I hope that's happening on both sides because, yeah, this could get really ugly. And uh, no, not much beyond that. I, again, I would just caution people to assume people as a whole are into this versus a few members uh, in leadership on both sides. Exactly. I guess the one, uh, if you have to put a positive spin on it, hopefully all this cyber war potential keeps everybody distracted from the nuclear side of things. No one wins if we destroy the entire world, quite literally. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that part up. <laughs> that is a concern. A guy sitting on a very large nuclear arsenal. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> well, great. 
yeah, a lot of interesting things. And if anything else comes up, we'll do another news shotgun in the near future. Stay safe out there, folks. Yeah, stay safe. We'll wrap this up and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks again, James, for jumping on and going through this with me. My pleasure. Take care, everyone. Be safe out there. See ya. Bye, guys.